this crazy dream About some folks who love this country Who all began to dream the same dream And when the morning came There arose across this nation People thinking one and the same And they awoke to find their freedoms And all their liberties Had gradually been taken away And when they realized the danger To their posterity I heard those patriotic people say We want this country back And our freedoms and our rights restored We want this country back She's been driven way off track We're wide awake and we're madder than hell now And we ain't gonna take it anymore No, we're not gonna take it anymore Remember golden days When the stars and stripes forever Symbolize her glorious name America But now it's all been changed And when we gaze upon old glory It's hard to fight back feelings of shame We're fed up with lying politicians And greedy corporations Who have sold us out time and again And we're sick and tired of sending our soldiers off to wars That we were never meant to win We want this country back We ain't just joking, Jack We want our liberty and our dignity And our freedoms and our rights restored We want this country back And our victory's on the way And we won't give up the fight Till we hear 200 million say Welcome back, folks, to another edition here of Republic Broadcasting Network. You're listening to the Concord Hour here at RBN, Republic Broadcasting Network at www.republicbroadcasting.org. And for those of you that are also tuning in to www talk stream live we welcome you also that's www.talkstreamlive.com republicbroadcastingnetwork.org and talkstreamlive.com i am your host maggie rose i am a military veteran of more than 35 years we also have my co-host tonight returning uh jim hoffman he is also an army veteran as myself and we're going to be talking in this three-part series tonight about the VA administration um, in Washington, D.C. and across the country. And also a bit about the VA in Nevada, as well as part three of this series will be on the Republic 
uh, Broadcasting Network here. We will be talking about Roseburg, Oregon, the Veterans Administration. That third part of the series tonight is entitled The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly of the Roseburg VA. Um, Jim, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Maggie. It's a pleasure to be here again. Well, you know what? Jim, you and I have discussed this in great detail and length. Uh, We've had many meetings around the country with veterans and all the different services. And uh, for the most part, many of the veterans you and I know will not even go to the VA, especially they will not go to Roseburg VA because of so many of the problems that have been going on. Uh, They feel like um, the Veterans Administration, Vision 20 especially, Um, absolutely not only doesn't really thoroughly care about the veterans, they don't care about many of their employees that they've hired and that there has been what I would call not only bureaucratic abuse against our veterans, but bureaucratic abuse against some of the employees. And you and I both know in some places there are doctors, I mean, I'm talking about medical doctors and nurses that either, number one, do not want to deal with patients at all. All they want to do is push paperwork, uh, be on their computer, and go to meetings, okay, and rub shoulders with the big guys. Or um, other employees um, are, are saying that they won't even deal with veterans if they have to deal with women veterans. Or we find that any veterans that speak out, and show that they're unhappy and voice their opinion, and especially if they can present actual evidence, actual facts, then they are being called disruptive or they are being accused of being whistleblowers and um, putting us right up there with terrorists. What do you say about this? Oh, I, I say that's a bunch of crap. You know, I, I've been dealing with the VA for 45-plus years now. And I've seen some good, yep. I've seen some bad, yep. And I've seen some really ugly. Uh, Over the years, it's gotten better. But it still has a long way to go. The frontline troops are amazing people that work for the VA. But they're not the problem. It's the administration, like you were talking about. And it goes all the way to D.C. They're the problems. Do you know that in some areas, now up here where we're at, it's not true, but there are some areas here in Oregon, actually, and throughout the United States, that the VA has so few people going to that facility that they allow the uh, spouses and children to come in and get treated there. Now, it's not like that up here in, in the Portland area, and I try not to go there. I don't know what it's like down in Roseburg. I've never been to that VA. Uh, but the, the biggest the biggest problems that I see is, like I said, it's the administration that goes all the way to D.C. And it starts with whoever is running the individual VA facility. That's where the problem starts, in my opinion. Uh, there's a lot of things they need to do. But let me say one thing you were talking about here earlier. You were saying if you bring the VA evidence they start calling you whistleblowers. Well, you know what I have to say about that? I'm going to whistle my butt off. And exactly. that's what you have to do with the VA. You cannot lay over and just accept what they're going to tell you. If you want something done with the VA, you got to push them to do it. Because they're not going to come and look at you and go, oh, well, it looks like there's something wrong. Please come in. No, well, you got to go to them. 
Well, you know, that's just part of it. My husband um, had a condition that was diagnosed. And at one point, um, the result of the treatment was so bad that he looked like he had second and third degree burns on his face. It was pretty bad. And so he he finally was told, well, you can't get in to see the dermatologist yet. Uh, We'll have to schedule you another appointment to see the dermatologist. Well, then finally somebody said to him, why don't you just walk in to the specialty clinic and wait until maybe they have a little break and they can see you. So he did that. And he finally was seen by a nurse practitioner at the VA Roseburg who gave him some cream and told him to go home and to put this cream on his face, and it would help. Well, he did that. But then he and I, who both had the same provider, saw the provider, and the provider looked up and said, well, I put in a consult for you to see a dermatologist after you got this diagnosis. This is a very severe diagnosis, Jim. We won't say over the air what it is for privacy and HIPAA, but you know what it is, and it's very severe. So... When we saw the provider, and the provider goes, why didn't you see the dermatologist? And my husband said, well, I was sent in to see this nurse practitioner. And the provider looked it up and said, oh, my goodness. This thing called community care, which is much of the time a joke at Roseburg VA in Oregon. Community care had looked up his records, seen that he had been seen by a nurse practitioner in a specialty clinic for skin and had been given cream and they canceled the appointment for the consult for him to see a dermatologist. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. No. So uh, when here you when here you have a condition and you're told to do this for it for right now and you're going to get to see the dermatologist later, probably in Portland or probably a dermatologist on the outside since they're taking away all of our providers and running so many of them out the door because yep. of the bureaucratic abuse towards the providers. And so you go in and get some cream put on and community care goes, oh, looks like he saw someone. So we're going to cancel the doctor's request for a consult to the dermatologist. Who the hell does does community care think they are to go behind the veteran's back and behind the doctor's back and cancel the consultation for further outside care? Yeah, no kidding. I I think I would be... uh moving on up the food chain you know something that i and, and i mean food chain i mean up to somebody higher up the, the ladder at roseburg but, at, at roseburg jim that does not work i have tried for 20 years to get in and see directors and i've been lucky if i could get 20 to 30 minutes or so alone with the director if i bring two or three people with me we might get 45 minutes if we're lucky there's a director right there and there's some people I told them I was not going to mention their names on air, but his I will. And I did in part one and part two series. His name is Patrick Hall. He's the new director of the VA Roseburg. He's been there about six months to eight months. I have tried over and over again to go through the chain of command, so to speak. I've spoken to his secretary. I've spoken to Camila. I've spoken to Candy. I've spoken to a gentleman there. They have taken, stood there and took an hour's worth of notes with me sitting or standing with them. And yet he's refusing to see me for any more than 20 to 30 minutes. And that's it. How can I cover 
over 20 years of systemic problems that are still ongoing at the VA Roseburg if he's only willing to meet with me for 30 minutes. And they say, well, at least you'll get 30 minutes with him to get your foot in the door. Really, that's an insult. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they try to keep those guys secluded and kept away from veterans, unfortunately, because they shouldn't do that. Uh, oh, somebody turned my light off. There we go. I'm outside on the phone. Sorry. <laughs> my grandson's in there. Yeah. So, Jim, um, I'm telling no, you, going I, up through the food chain doesn't do any good because all the way at the food chain, you might get a phone call here and there of someone who's trying to placate you. I got a yeah, call from you can't, staff. You can't quit. You can't quit. You got to find somebody else to talk to. One thing that I've d- I did one time, and it worked for me, is I got on Facebook's uh, veterans site for the Portland VA. Okay. And I wrote out a complete list of problems with the VA. I had a phone call from somebody at the VA the next day. And <laughs> they, got, they got something done because they don't like seeing that. So that is one avenue. But you can never just accept whatever they tell you. You know, I, I something right. is similar with, uh, you know, like with uh, JC and his face. Uh, God, this has been about 15 years ago. I got a really bad rash all over my body. Didn't know why. I'm a clean person. Uh, and it didn't make any sense. So I called dermatology at the VA, said, I need to see a dermatologist. They told me, oh, you got to see your primary care first. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. So I did. I called the VA, got in with my primary care. It took two weeks to get in and see my doctor. The first words out of my doctor's mouth is, you need to see a dermatologist. I said, no shit. That's what I tried to do two weeks before I come see you, and I still have the problem. Well, he puts a consult into dermatology. They call me that day, but it takes me two weeks to get in. So now I'm dealing with this rash for over a month. The woman the, that was there, I'm not sure if she was a doctor or a physician's assistant or who she was, but she looked at it and she says, oh, I know what that is. That's scabies. Here, take this cream. Go home. I did. And I did exactly what it said. And when I put that on my body, I thought there was a battle of the war of the worlds going on. I mean, it, it was bad. But thinking she knew what she was talking about, I I completed it, did one more the next day. It did the same thing. Two weeks later, I go back to see my doctor. Now we're into six weeks. Still got it. And the doc says, oh, we don't know what this is. We got to do a biopsy. Now, this continues to go on for, I think it was damn near three months. Before they finally said, oh, yeah, You've got a problem, but we don't know what it is. I said, oh, yeah, guess what? It's cleaned up, so I don't care what you have to say anymore. But I had to deal with that for almost three months going through their process when it would have been a lot simpler. Just let me see somebody in dermatology. Why can't they do that? I I, I don't know. It, it drives me nuts the way we, the, the hoops that we have to jump through. And the fact is, we shouldn't have to do that, especially people as they're getting older. Their minds are slowing down a little bit. They have a hard time sometimes communicating. Let me share with you some things that came from, um, as you know, I've been an investigative reporter now um, 
basically ever since I graduated high school back in 74. I've been a freelance journalist and a reporter. I've written for the Military Stars and Stripes. I've written for the American Free Press. I've written for the Roseburg Beacon and for others as well. And so I've been doing a lot of um, interviewing of doctors and nurses in the VA clinics from here all the way up to Eugene on the other side of Eugene. I have spoken with doctors and nurses at the clinics in California, as well as in Nevada and Boise, Idaho, where some of our women veterans have left Roseburg so they could get proper treatment and respect that they're not getting as women veterans at the Roseburg VA. And this is what some of the people are saying here at the Roseburg VA. Uh, that we need to talk about how many physicians and nurse practitioners are on salary. Again, talk about how many physicians and nurse practitioners are on salary at the Roseburg VA that are not actively seeing any patients. They go to their attending meetings and their community care processing referrals out to the community, which means what they're saying is we don't have enough doctors and nurse practitioners to see the, the veterans here at the Roseburg VA. But what most veterans don't know is there's lots of doctors and nurses there who don't want to see patients. They want to be paper pushers. They nope. want to go to the meetings and then they want to shove us all out into the community care to hopefully see a doctor or nurse practitioner on the outside. The doctors and nurses on the outside in Roseburg, there aren't that many of them. They don't know the military culture. The many of them have never served in the military or had family members that served in the military. Don't really understand the mindset of a military veteran, male or female. And yet, let's say that they put them out into the community and the, they're referred out to the community and then they turn around and then they want to say, okay, we got to pull those people back in because probably you have enough providers. The clinical providers should be seeing the vets. If you are a doctor or nurse at the VA Roseburg, you should get off your butt and out of that chair and stop hiding up on the third, fourth, or fifth floors or in other places of the VA, and you should be seeing patients. And stop making excuses that the reason we don't have that many doctors – medical doctors with an md behind their name like we don't have a cardiologist we don't have um um telemetry anymore we don't have an icu we don't have um an urgent care uh that's actually an emergency room no what you're doing is you're turning around and sending us out into the community to mercy which is a place that even the people at Mercy who work there will not have selective surgery there. Mercy does minimally what they have to do and kick the patient right back to Roseburg VA. So it's like passing the potato and right. it's passing the buck back and forth. This is because many of the doctors and nurses, there's doctors who actually want to see patients at the VA Roseburg and they're not being allowed to. They're not being allowed to. They're being stuck away in offices and corners where they can't be seen. What they're doing, Jim, is they pass the buck to Mercy Hospital, which is the only game in town. And then Mercy passes them back to the VA. And the patient is like a hot potato. And they're dumbing down the employees at the VA Roseburg. So they can't even manage the patients. And this I, is I think it's ongoing. I think what they're trying to do. 
Uh, and, and this has just been my observation over the last several years. But what I think they're trying to do is I think they're trying to shut most of the VA hospitals down. Yes. And put us out into the community. Now, right. in my opinion, I'd rather do that. But I Because I don't, I don't have to travel. See, I, it takes me a little over an hour to drive one way to get to the big VA in Portland. So I don't like to have to do that because... One of the things they've been doing here, too, is it's getting harder and harder to get travel pay. I, I've had five appointments in the last two years in the Portland VA, and I've gone there. I've put in for my travel pay, and it's been denied for no reason. I had an appointment. I showed up. I was there, but they're not going to pay me. And I think what they're doing is I think they because they still say, oh, yeah, we still give people travel pay. But that's another indication that they're trying to get away from that. You, you think of the cost of these large VAs, and I've said this a long time ago. Just give us an insurance card. I can go anywhere I want to. I don't want to have to travel. I mean, we've got a little clinic here that's not too far from my house on the coast. But they don't have even a uh, 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 nurse practitioner there right. anymore. Right. And they're trying to get one, but what no, I found not. out is they pay nurse practitioners. I don't know about doctors, but they'll pay a nurse practitioner $25,000 a year less because they're here in a rural community. Exactly, and they should be paying them more. And that is one of the other things is the VA Roseburg was trying to have the people there all take a like a – point one one point something percent decrease and i mean basically that would be like giving them minimum wage and many of these providers uh, nurse practitioners have numerous patients um just an example alone is two more doctors one retired and two others have recently quit they took those two to three hundred patients and spread them around, overloading the other doctors and nurse practitioners who already are overworked and underappreciated. Now, Jim, what I want to say for you, that's great if you want to go to the outside, but there's some of us that really want to deal with people that understand the military culture. Let me give you an example. Many years ago, they had at the VA Roseburg, they had a women's support system that now it's a name only pretty much, okay? And yeah. they had um, not only groups for men where you could go into group therapy with other men who'd served in Vietnam with you, served in Afghanistan, Iraq, be able to sit there with a mediator, someone to talk about it and, and help you with the healing process, okay? Well, for the women, they decided to take away that woman's group. Uh, their excuse is that the lady that was handling at the time, Dr. Marshall Hall, uh, that she was going to go out into the community and go into her own practice, which I understood she did. Um, and they kept promising in six months we're going to have somebody trained to come in and start up this woman's group. Now, there was the, a group for women that had been suffering under PTSD and military sexual trauma. Some of these women had been raped by their superiors in the military, okay? And they were having a hard time with their personal relationships at home. They were having nightmares. And they took this group away from these women, saying in six months, just eight months, we're going to have a woman's group back again. They didn't bring it back. 
We even had a program there where their women could go once a month and they could do art projects at the art center in Roseburg, which was a way for women to come together, women veterans, and do another form of healing. They stopped that. All the money went for other crap other than that. Now, the other day, uh, my chiropractor said, oh, you have no more sessions now, and they won't even let us see you till February. And I said, why? And they said, well, it looks like the VA Roseburg's deciding to take away all chiropractic from their veterans until sometime after February, probably because the money's going over to the Ukraine. The money's being diverted to other places, okay? And the, yeah, and the illegals. And, and, and I mean, to the illegals, exactly. Illegals. They give illegals what they give us as disabled veterans. I know. Can you believe that? I mean, that is so offensive. So one of the things that we'll be covering um, after the break is we'll be talking about the investigative report of the senior VA leadership in Roseburg, Oregon, that has created an environment of intimidation in the radiology departments, the cardiology department, which no longer exists, and the psychiatric issues that were identified. We'll be talking about how the Roseburg Veterans Administration Medical Center in Roseburg, Oregon, has been trying the Vision 20 to close down that hospital for the last 20 years and how allegedly attempted to limit the patients it admitted to improve its quality ratings, according to the report in the New York Times. There are six things, Jim, to know about that report. Four years ago, the Department of Veterans Affairs started grading its 1,200 hospitals and clinics on a scale of one to five stars based on 110 performance indicators, including wait times, infection rates, and nurse turnover. In 2016, 82% of facilities improved on the ratings, according to the department, but now that has dropped again. However, physicians and nurses at Roseburg VA Medical Center told the Times, hospital administrators, and this is still going on today, this was in 2018, it's still going on today. Nurses and physicians at the Roseburg VA Medical had told the Times hospital administrators allegedly began turning away patients with complex conditions and admitting only the lowest risk patients in 2016 is when they started doing this to improve their care ratings. In December, the hospital allegedly turned away a veteran who came to the hospital's emergency room malnourished and dehydrated with several broken ribs from a fall. Although the hospital had empty beds, a nurse responsible for enforcing administration restrictions allegedly said he was not sick enough to qualify for admission to the hospital. And I know a doctor I met today who actually happens to be one of those responsible for whether or not they're going to allow providers to admit someone to the VA hospital of Roseburg. As the hospital is penalized when patients are hospitalized with congestive heart failure. Can you imagine that, Jim, having a hospital penalized by the upper VA when the patients are hospitalized with CHF, congestive heart failure? Hospital leaders allegedly told physicians to list congestive heart failure as hypervolemia. Not to list it, Jim, as congestive heart failure, but to list it as hypervolemia, a condition that occurs when there's too much fluid in the blood. Hypervolemia is a diagnosis that is not tracked. It is not tracked via quality metrics. The administration also allegedly persuaded veterans to be admitted as hospice patients, which then signals they are terminally ill and do not want treatment. Even when they're not terminally ill and do want treatment, They wanted the VA Roseburg to admit those people as hospice patients. Hospital physicians claim veterans were also switched to hospice, switched to hospice without their knowledge. 
Roseburg VA Medical Center saw its ratings all of a sudden jump from a one-star to a two-star in 2016 after they allegedly engaged in these practices. Now, they threw Doug Paxton, the director of the time, under the bus. He was the director who was earning $8,120 bonus check for every improved ratings, according to the report. Mr. Paxton denied the hospital was turning patients away to improve scores, but admitted to being more selective had improved the ratings. And Mr. Paxton said tightening admissions benefited the patients since Roseburg does not have proper resources for acute patients. As a result, many patients have to be sent to larger hospitals in the community. There's more, Jim, but just the beginning of that, what do you think? Well, I I think it's all it is is numbers for them. They don't, it's like you said earlier, they don't actually care about the veteran. I mean, all, all we are is a tool to them. Uh, we've got to change that thought process. You know, I like I said, I've met a lot of great people that work in the VA. I had one because we don't have I no more primary cares out here in this area. And for how long, I don't know. I keep getting bounced around. I had one guy over in Boise, Idaho, they bounced me to. And we had a good long conversation, about an hour-long conversation. And he was an outstanding guy. And like you said, how to deal with veterans. He knew how to deal with veterans. As a matter of fact, when they transferred me away from him and put me on somebody in the Portland area, I wound up writing a letter and sent it to his supervisors. And it basically uh, said, this guy knows how to talk to veterans. And he knows when to call BS when we're trying to skirt certain things that we won't talk about. Um, we're going to go to a break. Let's come back with that thought, okay? We're all right, go sounds to- good. Right back. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Do you begin to smell some funky little things going on? Let me share this story with you. It's not so much a story. It's something I wrote years ago. Read your history, people. Stock markets collapse on Friday. Bank seizures, closures, holidays take place after business hours on Friday. Do currencies or governments also collapse on Friday? (laughs) Tomorrow's Friday. Will the end come on this Friday or will the inevitable collapse hold off for a while? The next round of the worst financial crisis in a hundred years is coming, people. And the government is out to make you and I pay for it. Will your savings survive a global banking wipeout? What happens when the U.S. sees hyperinflation? What if taxes soar not only for the rich? Can you survive the stock market tanks? Look, between a stock market wipeout, waves of bank failures, soaring government spending that will lead to hyperinflation and the destruction of the dollar's value, isn't it time that you prepare for the uncertainty which lies ahead? Protect your money now or forever kiss it goodbye. My friends, I offer you over six decades' experience of hard asset ownership and knowledge. And I'm prepared to handle the smallest detail in the balance protection of your portfolio. For as the future of uncertainty continues to blanket this nation of ours, 
I believe that I can offer you the privacy, safety, security, and possibly some profitability which you deserve. And so I invite you to visit SierraMontrePreciousMetals.com for further information regarding protecting your wealth. Or call me, Jeffrey Bennett, at 602-799-8214. Or by email at KettleMoraineLTD at Cox.net for private consultation. Once again, our phone number is 602-799-8214. It's almost Friday. Have you been looking for a trusted long-term storable food company? We have a solution for you. Simply Clean Foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market. Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables, and meats are suitable for everyday use, and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. Our food is completely GMO-free, and our stringent quality controls, plus testing for heavy metals, makes us unique in the storable foods market. Simply Clean Foods' primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking. When you purchase from Simply Clean Foods, not only will you be receiving high-quality food, but you will also be supporting veterans in need across the country and those who are affected by natural disasters. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on long-term food storage in the rotating sponsors' banners to support RBN. Simply Clean Foods. Do it today. Welcome back, folks, to the second half of the Concord Hour with Maggie Rose and Jim Hoffman, veteran. Um, Jim, you were starting to finish a thought there before we had to quickly go to break. Uh, well, one of the things I wanted to finish up with with that is I was at the Walla Walla VA, and this is probably, I'm going to say 17, 18 years ago. I had an appointment, and I walked in there, and there was an elderly gentleman sitting there probably about 20 feet down from me. I didn't really pay too much attention to him at the time, but I found out uh, within a short period of time that guy had a heart attack. Somebody brought him to the VA, and the VA was refusing to do anything for him. With the exception, they called an ambulance so they'd take him to the local hospital. Now, where was this, Jim? That was in Walla Walla, Washington. Okay, now it's interesting you should bring that up. Um, Would you say that you and I have not discussed anything that we were going to discuss on the show today? Have we discussed anything prior to tonight's show? Nope, not at all. Okay. Well, guess what I found on YouTube 20 minutes before we did the show? This is something that took place, I think it was in Nevada. And I only recorded a portion of it. But this is showing what I consider bureaucratic abuse towards veterans. I'm going to play this. This was a came off of a newscast. 
team's first calls for a federal investigation. The I-team shed light on the lack of prompt medical care for an elderly veteran. And now two U.S. senators are demanding answers. The I-team is Vanessa Murphy is here with follow-up to her exclusive story. Denise and Brian, Nevada's two U.S. senators called the VA's response inadequate in their letter to the Office of the Inspector General in Washington, D.C. They're calling for a full investigation, which they say could help identify any resources or guidance needed from Congress. We want to warn you, some of the video is disturbing. How critical is this situation? He's dying. U.S. Senators Jackie Rosen and Catherine Cortez Masto are demanding answers after our report, which first aired on May 23rd. This video leaked to the 8 News Now I-Team shows an 88-year-old Marine Corps veteran collapse inside a VA medical clinic in Las Vegas on June 7th of 2021. We showed the video to a physician who runs his own medical office and an attorney with experience in medical malpractice. Both pointed to a lack of urgency in caring for the veteran. TikTok, it's seeming like a long time already. The veteran was later taken to Sunrise Hospital and pronounced dead. In their letter to the Office of the Inspector General in Washington, D.C., Senators Rosen and Cortez Masto write, We cannot allow a tragedy like this to happen again. They also point to the time frames demonstrated in our report. Two minutes for a nurse to arrive and nearly five minutes to begin CPR, which Dr. Scott Glickman called incomplete because the staff didn't deliver breaths to the veteran. When we interviewed the head of the VA healthcare system in Southern Nevada on April 14th, we did not reveal we had the leaked video. Do you think care was done? Now, what do you think about that story, my friend Jim? <laughs> well, unfortunately, I'd have to say I'm not surprised. Uh, I was hoping they were going to talk about Reno, not Vegas, because I lived in Reno for eight years, and I was at the Reno VA quite often. Um, but this is, this is I, I don't know how exactly to say this, but isn't it like they're just wanting us to die so they don't have to give us any more money? It's interesting you should say that also, Jim. Um, I believe that God puts us on journeys to wake up people, to educate, motivate, inspire them. Many years ago, I watched, um, I used to love watching uh, 60 Minutes. I used to love watching Dateline or 2020 Magazine. Do you remember those programs? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I can't remember at the moment. I have a friend that actually is a head reporter, investigative reporter with ABC News. He's the one that did... Um, a quite a few stories on major stories that were taking place in Hawaii, Idaho, Texas, and other places. And I'm going to find out if he can help me find that article because I actually want to play it on the show. It was either 60 Minutes or it was Dateline or it was 2020. And the name of the program was called Delay, Delay, Deny, Deny, and Hope We Die in the Process. And this is what's been going on with the VA across the United States. Um, I am hoping to meet with uh, my congressman, 
uh, Cliff Bentz, B-E-N-T-Z. He is the Republican congressman uh, that covers uh, the southern part of Oregon and parts of central Oregon. And the reason I'm going to him is because he's my congressman, but also because years ago when I was on active duty, you know I was on Title 10 from 2010 to 2014, and I was told by the active duty army at Fort Lewis, Washington, that I had to do all my medical care through the VA Roseburg, okay? Since I was already living here, um, I would have to go work eight hours a day at Charlie Company, which was a National Guard unit, while I was on active duty Title 10. And I was to do my surgeries in the community, and I was to have all my care done at the VA uh, Roseburg. Well, at the end of my four and a half years of active duty after already two surgeries, what happened was is the VA, even though that, you know, the Army gave me a 10%, you know, and one knee, 10% the other knee, I eventually ended up getting more than 70%. Um, the VA Roseburg, knowing that I had more than 30%, sent me a bill and took almost uh, $1,500, $1,600 out of my paycheck to pay for all the medications that I should have been getting because I was on active duty, Right. So another person I know, she's an Air Force veteran. She had over 90% disability at the VA Roseburg. Um, After she got her 90%, this VA um, patient who was a a veteran was hit by a girl just learning to drive the car. She totaled my friend's vehicle, almost killed my friend, and my friend ended up going through numerous surgeries in the community, was sent out to the community. At the end of many years of care – Through the VA Roseburg, when she finally got her insurance uh, for the accident that this girl cost, the VA swooped in and demanded she had to write out a check to them for $98,000 plus, which she had to do. So the VA Roseburg Roseburg wanted to take advantage of this woman who's disabled for the rest of her life, who's not going to ever be able to work full-time like she did before. She was a substitute teacher and teaching. And they came in and said, you had better write us a check out for 98000 plus or else. And so when she got her insurance, she had to go write them out a check for 98000 And this is a woman who was over 90% disabled from her military injuries. And this young girl just added to it. But the VA had to get their hand in the pocket, didn't they? Yeah. And that and that is absolutely ridiculous. I if you if you've got well, let's go back. Uh, when I got out of the military, they immediately handed me ten percent disability because I had broke my back when I was in, um, and I didn't think much, much of it. Uh, over the years, though, uh, they took me from ten percent, then they brought me to thirty percent, then forty, then sixty, and then it went up to a hundred percent. But at any point in time. I was never charged for any medication or any uh, treatments. That's all supposed to be free. They shouldn't be billing anybody for that. No, they should not. Now, here's an article by David Phillips. I have two of them, one here from the New York Times and this one by David Phillips, uh, the Air Force veteran who was turned away from the Veterans Hospital Roseburg, even though two doctors said he should have been admitted. His name was Walter Savage, age 81. Air Force veteran, I want us to honor him. He's probably no longer with us. Um, He's the one that came into uh, the emergency room and people, uh, whoever the doctors were in charge then, I don't know who they were, but um, turned him away. And so it turned out that 
Fewer patients for the VA Roseburg meant fewer chances of bad outcomes and better scores for a ranking system that grades all veterans hospitals on a scale of one to five stars. In 2016, administrators in Roseburg VA began cherry picking cases against the advice of doctors, turning away complicated patients and admitting only the lowest risk ones. Those metrics, of course, helped determine the Roseburg VA hospital's rating. Current and former staff members say the practice may well reach beyond Roseburg VA. Recent government reports also challenged the reliability of the department's metrics, casting a doubt on a key tool that it says relies on for reforming its beleaguered healthcare system at the Roseburg VA. And then it goes on to say uh, here there was a, a doctor who was interviewed at the time who was actually talking about what happened. And he was saying, you know, um, when you look at that, how they're hiding uh, diagnoses, they're not letting patients know what their true diagnosis is. I found out a few months ago, as you know, and I don't mind saying this over the air, that I have a heart condition that nobody told me about, even though in 2017, 2019, and 2020, the VA Roseburg did echocardiograms on me, yet never referred me to a cardiologist, not even on the outside. And their excuse, there was no cardiologist in Roseburg VA. But they didn't even send me to a cardiologist at the VA Roseburg up to Portland, which I blame what's going on with Vision 20 as part of that. So even Portland VA did not see me. Finally, this year, it was diagnosed that it had gotten a lot bigger than it had been back in 2017. If I had known all these years, I might have done other care and been able to have other help for the condition I now have that's worse, okay? And the VA Roseburg is at fault for this. Here's another one. For the few patients who are admitted to Roseburg VA, other tactics are used to further improve their ratings. The hospital is penalized not only when patients are hospitalized with congestive heart failure because it counts as a sign of poor preventative care from the Roseburg VA. Doctors are told to list as hypervolemia, but also... They are not tracking a lot of the problems, and they're hiding the problems. According to a guy who was there at the time, Dr. Stephen Blum, he said, quote, it's a numbers game. Dr. Stephen Blum was a doctor at the Veterans Hospital in Roseburg at the time. He said, quote, the leadership has figured out the hospital can actually do better by seeing less patients. And that credit's to be given to the author Ruth Fremson of the New York Times. Another penalty is assessed for any deaths at the hospital in Roseburg or within 30 days of discharge. To avoid these counting being counted, doctors and nurses say the administration is regularly persuading veterans to be admitting only as hospice patients. According to Dr. Blum, who was the doctor at the time at the VA, I don't know where he is now, but he said, quote, it's extremely unethical, extremely. I was asked to do it, and so were the emergency department doctors, and we refused. So the administration just went ahead and did it themselves. The focus on improving scores overshadowed the deep-seated problems, staff said, including the crippling turnover in primary care doctors. Now, Jim, I want you to know something here. One of the providers that I talked to, and I just talked to him a few days ago. And the comment that he made was, is the Cerner prog- pro, uh, program. Cerner is C-E-R-N-E-R, I think it is. And it's replaced the system they had before. And I guess they didn't want 
all of the providers of the VA Roseburg to know the other day when the hospital administration for the region of Vision 20 had a bunch of people come from the VA administration in Washington, D.C. And they showed up unannounced and only certain employees at the VA Roseburg were allowed to know about it or to participate. And when they shared their concerns that the new Cerner program is going to possibly kill patients, they didn't care. They say, we're going to turn this out. We're going to do it anyway. They already have it going on in Walla Walla, Washington. Okay. They have it going on in White City, Oregon. They plan to send it to Portland, Oregon in March. They want to send it to Chicago, Illinois. And it's an experiment that is going to cause a disaster just waiting to happen. The providers are saying they're being underutilized. Many doctors and nurses are not seeing patients that should. They're only doing administrative. Uh, The Cerner program is a computer system that's difficult to use and that they come up with these workarounds. Instead of fixing the system, they send out a short shortcut list. But the shortcut list to the Cerner program and to try to understand it is 36 pages long. Nobody who's a provider at the VA, especially when they have over two, three hundred patients, has time to read it. It doesn't communicate the Cerner program they're experimenting with uh, that they spent billions of dollars on in Washington, D.C., It doesn't communicate with other VAs, clinics, or hospitals. It doesn't communicate with the community. It doesn't contain any of the veterans' historical records. So you don't get anything from the old CPR system to put into it. In the last 20 to 30 years of healthcare, none of those records were migrated into CERNA. You can go back and do the CPR in the CPRS and look at it. The providers, the specialists in Portland cannot see what the people in the VA Roseburg are trying to share with them. They can't see what they're seeing here in Roseburg VA. So therefore, the people in Portland can't even see the current medication list. They can't see the cultures and sensitivities of any tests that were sent out with the patient. They can't see the labs. So it's really hard getting appropriate advice from even Portland VA when they're looking at the wrong records or looking at inaccurate records because they're not seeing the same thing that even the providers at the Roseburg VA are seeing. So, so this is trying a to hide cluster. stuff. Yeah, it's a cluster mess. And they want they told these providers at the Roseburg VA the other day, including some urgent care nurses because they took away their emergency room. They've taken away their ICU. They've taken away their telemetry. Now they can say, oh, well, since we don't have all these things and we don't have a cardiologist, they've got a guy, chief of staff, who says, I have a background in cardiology surgery. Well, then why aren't you opening up a cardiology department at the VA Roseburg? Why are you taking away all these different departments and then using that as an excuse to close down the hospital and turn it into a clinic? Yep. That's, I I don't have any explanation other than why are they giving them bonuses? Because it really seems to me that everything they're doing is based on how much money they can pull in at the end of the year and bonuses. Right. And you know, they should not be doing that. And no government employee, no government employee should ever receive a bonus. And, and you know, I worked for the government after my military career was done. Uh, Guess what? I never got a bonus. I never got a bonus when I worked in the military, never got a bonus when I worked in law enforcement, Uh, Why is any government employee getting any bonuses? It should not happen. 
Exactly. And when you're turning around, you know, you and I know that in the military, all of a sudden the army, like in August, September, would try to blow all the extra money they had because they said, if we don't spend all this money before the new fiscal year of October, we won't get the same amount of money next year. And that's, that's what this right. VA is doing. Uh, they're out buying flower pots and all these pretty signs and everything to blow through the money as quickly as possible. They should be using yep. that money for the veterans and to have new providers hired. Their excuse is, oh, well, doctors don't want to come here because their wives can't do the same shopping they do up in Portland. That's an outright lie. And I told a doctor that today. I said, look, the doctors and the nurse practitioners that are quitting the VA Roseburg, they're not leaving with their wives who want to do extra shopping. They're staying here in Roseburg. So don't use the excuse that doctors are leaving Roseburg VA because their wives don't get the kind of shopping they would get up in Portland. Those doctors and nurse practitioners are staying right here in Roseburg and either retiring or going into private practice. Well, it, it, yeah, it's, it has nothing to do with, uh, about shopping. It has to do with how much are they being paid there versus someplace else. Exactly. And when we have a Miss Follett, F-O-L-L-E-T-T, who resigned in 2016 from VA Roseburg, she said, quote, the teams would have no doctors and we would just have to cancel appointments. But the thing is, you know, they weren't even telling us veterans that they had canceled our appointments on us until the day we show up or we show up and say, okay, we have a doctor's appointment on this day. Oh, sorry, you lost your provider three months ago. Your provider quit the VA or moved out of state or moved out of the area. And we haven't assigned you a new provider. I said, how long has my provider been gone? Oh, three months. Why haven't you assigned me a new provider and let me know three months ago that I had a new provider? This is called. Lack of communication and brushing crap under the carpet is what it's called. Yeah, absolutely. It's what the military is famous for. You remember when we were serving, the term that we use the most, the military's motto, hurry up and wait. Exactly. They they haven't changed. No, and, and another thing that was brought up to me by one of the nurse practitioners that's now in private practice here in Roseburg, uh, she said, you know, there were serious dangerous gaps when doctors were ordering critical tests. Now, we saw this happen in Arizona. We've seen it happen in other places where the doctor suspects you have cancer. They order you to go in for tests, which will show your white blood count as being very high. But then when the test results come back, either they're not given to the doctors or community care does not quickly give those results to the doctor. And so you don't get a phone call from your doctor or the nurse saying, guess what? You need to come in and see the doctor. Your results came back. They can't give us the results over the phone because that could freak people out. But they don't even call the patient to say, you need to get in right away. We got your results back. We have to go over it. And so, therefore, no phone call comes. The veteran doesn't go to any appointment because it wasn't assigned to him. And four months later, he finds out he has stage four cancer and he's dying. Or maybe if they told him about it four or five, six months ago, they could have started treatment. So what's going on, many of the nurses are saying they saw positive cancer screening alerts and other critical lab results at Roseburg VA, which would languish for weeks and even months. Um, Oh, I just missed what I was going to say. You reminded me of something earlier. Um, But no, the, the VA, the way it's set up, it's designed to fail. And yes. that's one of the reasons why, I, and, I, and I, like I said, I get your point where you're saying, well, the people that work at the VA, they know how to deal with veterans. I get that point, and I appreciate that. But 
they're trying to shut the VAs down. And I'm just saying for myself, for me, just give me a card and let me go wherever I want to. I don't have to travel an hour and a half, two hours, depending on traffic, to go see somebody. But some veterans, Jim, they want to be able to see all their providers in the same place. You know, know. they want... They want to see that their provider is there, that the dermatology clinic is there. I mean, one of the things that you would probably write, you would not have this going on if you went to the outside, is where even, you know, Peter DeFazio, I tried to go to him years ago. And because I wasn't a Democrat, he wouldn't even see me. He wouldn't even address my concerns. He wrote me a letter having to do with forestry instead of addressing the actual medical concerns that I brought up in my letter to him. That's why I'm glad that I have a Republican congressman in Cliff Benz down in southern Oregon. Um, But Peter DeFazio, when he was still congressman, uh, did say that the whole system at the Roseburg VA was, quote, dysfunctional, unquote. The Rosebergs' decision to cloak the deficiencies by manipulating metrics is part of a persistent problem that reaches beyond a rural hospital, said Dr. Michael Mann, a professor of surgery at the University of California in San Francisco, who led the thoracic surgery program in San Francisco Veterans Hospital for eight years. Attempts to track performances in the veterans healthcare system have repeatedly created perverse outcomes, he said. He pointed out that the 2004 scandal exposing hidden wait times for veterans arose only after the department began tracking whether medical appointments were scheduled within 14 days and veterans hospitals across the country that could not meet the goal began keeping off the books the list to hide the actual wait times according to dr mann's tenure the veterans department began raking raking hospitals on surgical complications and he said those complications rose the nationwide system had dropped increasingly from 47 percent between 97 and 2007 dr mann said of course quality had not really improved by that much people had just learned how to make it appear that it had so isn't that called cover up my friend oh yeah absolutely is Oh, I hear the music coming on. Why don't you wrap up the show tonight, Jim, and we'll be back together with uh, Mark Thelman on Friday. All right. Sounds good. What do you have to say for the closeout? This is is what I'm going to tell everybody. If you go to see the VA, tell them what you want. Demand what you want. Be respectful because they will respond. As long as you are respectful. They will do everything they can. The frontline staff will do everything they can for you. We got to fight the administration in this. But don't ever give up and demand what we have been promised as veterans. That's what I've got to say. Well, thank you. So on Friday, we're going to be bringing Chris Brumble, yourself, and Mark Thelman, who's running for Secretary of State. And then people are asking me to do a part four on the VA Roseburg next Monday on the 20th of November. All right. Well, this sounds good, Maggie. We will talk to you soon. Okay, folks. Part four on the 20th of November next Monday. And we ain't taking any more back. We're wide awake and we're madder than hell now. And we ain't gonna take it anymore. No, we're not gonna take it anymore. Take it anymore. That's right, we're not gonna take it anymore. We 
Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise, from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. Support those that support the network. Support Dixie Republic at DixieRepublic.com. Email ProudSouthern123 at gmail.com and let them know that RBN sent you. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network.